This day in church history, closed doors. When God closes a door, someone said he always opens a window. In Whitfield's case, many doors closed, but God opened up the world. George Whitefield became a Christian while attending Oxford in 1735. He soon began preaching, finding huge crowds wherever he mounted a pulpit. On Wednesday, January 10th, 1739, having preached the previous night, he rose to leave for Oxford to be ordained to the Anglican ministry. His diary reads, slept about three hours, rose at five, set out at ten, and reached Oxford by five in the evening. As I entered the city, I called to mind the mercies I had received since I left it. There, They are more than I am able to express. Oh, that my heart may be melted by the sense of them. He expected church doors to open following his ordination, but the reverse occurred. Many ministers envied his success. Some didn't trust his association with the Methodist, Moravians, and other nonconformists, and Whitefield alienated others by sometimes speaking too critically. A Welsh evangelist, Hal Heller, Howell Harris was creating a, creating a storm by preaching in the fields, and Whitefield wondered if he should, if he, if he, too, should take to the open air. Outside Bristol, among coal miners, Whitefield, Whitefield preached out of doors for the first time on February 17th. About 200 heard him. Soon, 10,000 were showing up. And that launched a lifetime of preaching from tombstones, tree stumps, and makeshift platforms. Whitfield's sermons were electric. His vivid imagination, uh, prodigious memory, powerful voice, and ardent sincerity mesmerized listeners. He could be heard a mile away, and his voice was so rich that British actor David Garrick said, "I would give ten. I would give a hundred guineas if I could say, oh, like Mister." Mr. Whitfield, Whitefield. Later that year, Whitefield, 25, toured the American colonies, sparking the Great Awakening and bringing multitudes to Christ. His final sermon in Boston drew the largest crowd that had ever gathered in America, 23,000 people, more than Boston's entire population. He had been called the greatest evangelist in history, save for Paul. In Jeremiah we read, The Lord said, I chose you to speak for me to the nations. I replied, I am not a good speaker, Lord, and I am too young. Don't say you're too young, the Lord answered. If, you, if I tell you to go and speak to someone, then go. Jeremiah 1, 4-7. Good morning, good morning. Today is the 10th day of January. It is uh, Wednesday. Currently 36 degrees and mostly sunny here in Stockbridge. Uh, we can expect mostly sunny skies with a high of 49 today. Now let's pray and we'll get into our lesson here. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for this example of uh, George Whitefield or Whitfield, Lord. And uh, we just ask uh, that you would help us, Lord, as you've called us to do whatever it is you've called us to do, Lord, that we would do it wholeheartedly, Lord. And that you would use it for your glory, Lord. So we ask for your Holy Spirit right now, your strength as we get into this lesson. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, The Opened Sight by Oswald Chambers. Now I send you 
to open their eyes that they may receive forgiveness of sins, Acts 26. This verse is the greatest example of true essence of the message of a disciple of Jesus Christ in all of the New Testament. God's first sovereign work of grace is summed up in the words that they may receive forgiveness of sins. When a person fails in his personal Christian life, it is usually because he has never received anything. The only sign that a person is saved is that he has received something from Jesus Christ. Our job as workers for God is to open people's eyes so that they may turn themselves from darkness to light. But that is not salvation. It is, it is conversion. Only the effort of an awakened human being. I do not think it is too broad a statement to say that the majority of so-called Christians are like this. Their eyes are opened, but they have received nothing. Conversion is not regeneration. It, this is a neglected fact in our preaching today. When a person is born again, he knows that it it is because he has received something as a gift from Almighty God and not because of his own decision. People, make, people may make vows and promises and may be, be, may be determined to follow through, but none of this is salvation. Salvation means that we are brought to a place where we are able to receive something from God on the authority of Jesus Christ, namely forgiveness of sins. This is followed by God's second mighty work of grace, an inheritance among those who are sanctified. In sanctification, the only, the one who has been born again deliberately gives up his right to himself to Jesus Christ and identifies himself entirely with God's ministry to others. Wisdom from Oswald Chambers. The truth is we have nothing to fear and nothing to overcome because he is all in all and we are more than conquerors through him the recognition of this truth is not flattering to the worker's sense of hero heroics but is but it is amazingly glorifying to the work of Christ and our text for today is Matthew chapter 8 verses 1 through 17 Jesus cleanses a leper uh, the centurion's faith is the title. When Jesus came down from the mountain, large crowds followed him, and a leper came up to him and bowed down before him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you are able to make me clean. Well, Jesus reached out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately the leprosy was cleansed, and Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one about this, but go, Show yourselves to the priests for inspection and present the offering that Moses commanded as a testimony, evidence to them of your healing. As Jesus went to Capernaum, the centurion came up to him, begging him for help and saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed with intense and terrible, tormenting pain. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied to him, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. But only say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man subject to authority of a higher rank, with soldiers subject to me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my slave, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed, and he said, these, 
He said to those who were following him, I tell you truthfully, I have not found such great faith as this with anyone in Israel. I say to you that many Gentiles will come from the east and west and will sit down to feast at the table and enjoy God's promises with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, because they accepted me as Savior, right while the sons and heirs of the kingdom, the descendants of Abraham, who will not recognize me as Messiah, will be thrown out into the outer darkness. In that place, which is farthest removed from the kingdom, there will be weeping and sorrow and pain and grinding of teeth in distress and anger. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, it will be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was restored to health at that very hour. When Jesus went into Peter's house in Capernaum, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying sick in a bed with a fever. He touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she got up and served him. When evening came, they brought to him many who were under the power of demons, and he cast out the evil spirits with a word and restored to health all who were sick, exhibiting his authority as Messiah, so that he fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He himself took our infirmities upon himself and carried away our diseases. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your healing hand. We thank you for taking our infirmities, Lord, and for bringing healing to our physical bodies and more, more importantly, our spiritual selves, Lord. And we just thank you for uh, your grace and your mercy and your love, Lord, that you would even think about us and care about us and love us, Lord. And uh, Father, we just ask that you would help us today, Lord, to walk in your truth, Lord, uh, to bring us to a, a deeper understanding of who you are, Lord, and just uh, increase this relationship that we have with you, Father. We ask for your blessing right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. You guys have an amazing day.